Welcome to Loose Ends, episode two. You know exactly who I am, I think. Well, if you're a patron, you're hearing this first, therefore you know who I am. And you also know my co-host, who's always with me, Mr. Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is the Loose End series. This is our spin-off series. This is our Frasier. This is our, uh, I don't know, Say by the Bell, the college years. This is picking up where our previous episode uh, was incomplete, I guess. So if, if an artist that we previously covered is not, or has released an album after our episode, we cover it here. Uh, we did the first one with Body Counts, Lucens episode one, they released Carnivore. Uh, and then this episode, who are we talking about, Alex? We're talking about X. X, this is Alphabet Land from X. This was released uh, last year now, 2020. And uh, also, yeah, before any of this, you should check out the, the full episode on X. It's episode 14. It was actually our first YouTube episode. Uh, so it's a little rough, but... You know, you got to start somewhere. We, we have humble beginnings and humble current humble state of life. affairs, humble <laughs> life, humble future. We're hungry. Uh, so if you want to, yeah, check that out for the full discography uh, for a, a brief synopsis. I like X. Alex is fine with X. Doesn't love him. And I don't think any of us have gone back. And I'm pretty sure one of the members of X uh, hates me. That's not, that's very true. I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, but if you uh for anyone yeah patrons thank you all for fucking you know i say patronizing because it's funnier but yeah thank you all for patronizing us it's uh, it's it's very wonderful that we are being supported by our wonderful and supportive fans that's a, i just said support of twice i'm getting redundant i don't know what the, i didn't plan this out dude i we've done two oh. loose ends episodes i have no idea how to intro this also loose ends are a little looser and uh i like that you call them patronizers i think it's i think it's funny and i can't i don't know if anyone else does that so, and if they don't they're all idiots and you should i'm you smarter, should smarter than everyone that you heard it here uh but okay so this is gonna be out uh, a month later from now uh if you're hearing this on the main feed welcome you should probably listen to a regular episode though they're much more thorough uh but okay x alphabet land a band I did not think we were going to go back to. Didn't expect no. them to release a new album. No, I thought someone in this band was going to die. We thought we, we both thought Exene was doomed, health-wise. Yes. Uh, but th- thankfully, she's not. She's alive and uh, singing. And uh, this is... Well, okay, first interesting thing about this... Re- it's because they've been, reun- they've been reunited for a few years, touring around. They finally decided to record a studio album full original lineup yes first time in 30 35 years i think which maybe i hate putting exact numbers on shit after the jeff buckley episode oh like, yeah i fucked a lot of shit up on that and yeah i, I take uh not credit but responsibility you know but, he takes full right. credit for <laughs> no i mean that's what happens when you, you i mean we, Disclaimer, folks, we're using a lot of Wikipedia and we check the sources, but we're not going to be fucking reading full ass. Like, this is not a history podcast. God damn it. I'm, I'm not going to go to two sources deep. I know better, but uh, I also like talking about uh, music that doesn't have any awful repercussions. Like if I was talking about like the state of the Middle East or something. <laughs> right, right. That's our other podcast. Every country ever with Mike and Alex, <laughs> but um, roughly 35 years yeah. in the making. 
uh, first album in 27 years, um, which, you know, uh, if people go back and listen, I thought the 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 album that's not streaming. Hey Zeus, did it. surprise! Like nice little surprise. So the last album was '93, I believe. Hey Zeus, uh, I believe that was your personal favorite for the episode. And man, I was we were both so caught off guard with how much we liked that album. Like that was it's amazing. It is it is a complete blindsider of an album. It gets does not get talked about. It's not streaming. No, and it seems like I think it was like well, it was negatively received as well, right? Yeah, and yeah, it was. So we went in thinking like, yeah, this is going to be like a the weird black sheep shitty album out of the bunch. No, it's just a very cool noise rock album. Well, it's not noise rock, but it's like in the you know the same uh, spirit of noise rock. And you know what I learned with this album, Alphabet Land, is that X is just a beacon and benchmark of consistency and quality. So you like um, this album? Um, as someone who doesn't love X, and we're at the time of recording coming off the heels of like the New York Dolls, yeah. and before that, Stooges, and I'm sure we've done some other older bands who have like tried to do comeback albums yeah. like 30 some years, 20 years yeah. after you know their heyday or whatever. 40 years in the case was, of New York Dolls. Yeah. No, it was 30. Was, it was 30. You're right. Never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. I was I was really like surprised. I think it's it's solid, like I think fans of X will like it. It's not going to win anybody over if you don't like X, but I think that this speaks to like how good uh, musicians they are that they can like put this album out. And I think it stays true to who they are. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this album as well. Yeah. Like I, I, I thought that I had super low expectations going in, uh, but it's, you know, reunion now I'm expecting like, okay, it's fine. Uh, and worst case, let's rip scenari- this bandaid off. <laughs> yeah. Worst case scenario, you get a black flag, which was a fucking nightmare. Ooh, Episode 24, yeah. we did do black flag. Uh, so, you know, that, that's like the far end of the spectrum and the, the great, what's, what's like a really good example of the best case scenario. Uh, I guess tribe called quest. Tribe called quest is usually our go-to for best case reunion scenario. Uh, was that a reunion? That was a reunion album, right? Uh, Thank you for your service. They had been away for a very long time. Yes. They had not recorded in like 20 some years. I mm-hmm. believe. Uh, but anyway, it's not this. I don't think this is amazing at all. Like you said, it's not going to win anybody new over, but it, it's like old X. It feels like old X, you know, mid mid eighties era, early to mid eighties era X, uh, fast punk rock and roll, like heavily rock and roll inspired punk. Also, sometimes heavier acts, when they get older, they they slow it down a bit. And not that X was ever like Slayer, but it's nice. Like, they still got it. Um, I know it's a re-recorded song, but hearing like Delta 88 Nightmare, it's just like, yeah, you guys can can still do it. Uh, oh, yeah. That's Billy like, Z- yeah, that song is uh, is jarringly fast compared to the rest of the songs here. Like, that's like, because most of them are, you know. Fast-ish, they're '70s punk yes. fast. Uh, but that song actually I was like, ah, they're they're old, but they can still they can still move. 
Yeah, it's very nice. I think uh, the way John Doe and Xena sing too probably lends to them aging gracefully. You know, they don't have like, they aren't traditional singers. They don't, you know, hit like falsettos. There's not screaming. They kind of have like this. I like your like kind of zombie impression you did on our ex episode where it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very middle of the road. They, they, they use the comfortable part of their range and they stick to it. And it's, I mean, it's good for, it works for them. Yeah. It works for them. And not to mention that they all, I was also like super gushy about their, they didn't do it. They did it throughout all their career, but it was the most prominent on Los Angeles, which is like that, that fucking duality, duality is such a fucking blowhardy word, but like that, that, uh, that kind of, it's like they were like a, like a, like they're they're dancing or something. Like they would take turns singing and they'd harmonize for one line and then one would stop in the middle of the line. The other one would come. Like it was just, it was a very, it felt like they were dancing when they were singing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if they weren't the most impressive vocalist, that little dynamic always made it very fun. Yeah. They figured out a way to make it work. Also uh, a little bit of history. It wasn't, um, it kind of aligned with the, Fortieth anniversary of Los Angeles, their debut That's album. Right, yeah, nineteen eighty. But it wasn't supposed to. But because of the pandemic, they were like, "We're not going to tour. People need like a pick me up or something. They need something good." So, and they they're like, "Well, this put it on streaming early because you can do that, and then we'll worry about record sales early." So that was a very nice thing to read about. That is very sweet, very thoughtful. I kind of wish I heard it in the year 2020 <laughs> instead of as of right now, January 24th, 2021. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's like, I mean, there's still some shit. I, I fucking, I'm not, I mean like free. I don't think that's great. And water and wine is fun, really? but ultimately un- uninteresting rock and roll stuff. I thought I wasn't. So like the opening track is teletrack. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a little more like pop punky. I like than, it. I actually like it a lot. Oh no, I think yeah. it works. You know what's, you know what's it's funny? Not, go ahead, keep going. Keep going. I'm using like pop punk as like a base of reference. It's mm-hmm. not like full on like Blink One Eight Two or no, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a uh, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, when I so that song, the title track, uh, man, they, it uses the same chord changes as the song I haven't heard in years. And no one's going to know this reference. Maybe like some weird nerd. Uh, it's a song called Disgrace by a little band called The Speedometers. Weird, weird nerds are 80% of our fan base. I, and I love you guys so much. But <laughs> uh, it's, it, was, uh, it was like a single in maybe 79, 80, something like that. Uh, early punk band. Nobody band. It's a nobody band. These guys, they're called What's The Speedometers. That? It's a fucking like the most whack, boring, generic name. and. This song, Disgrace, was so fucking awesome, and it was so fun, and it uses the same chords, which is a A, C sharp, E, and I'll never forget those chords, because like uh, I remember I, I was playing it when I was a teenager in the car with my mom, and she's, like, she's got like a really good ear, and she like named the chords that they were while the song was playing, and I was like, I wonder if, was, I wonder if that's correct. I'm going to go fact check that, so I played it on guitar. I was like, she was right, god damn it, but it reminded me of that. It's a Different song, same chord changes, but it's a very different song. But it did bring me back. Everyone should listen to that song, by the way, Disgraced by the Speedometers. But long way of saying, fun song, good chords. 
Yeah. Also, if uh, if people have Apple Music and they click the read more thing, um, they name drop all these like weird, weird bands. They were influenced. Not, not weird. I guess it's like older, like. Like, uh, like water and wine. They talk about this group called Sharon and the Clams. And it's uh-huh. just like, it's a great name for a band. Yeah. It is a great name, and it's especially like a surf rock band, which mm-hmm. I think. That, Wait, uh, is song. it is it an all girl group? Uh maybe I'm not sure. I just it's, I just read. It's way less funny if it's not an all girl group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can like see all these like interesting little little bands that John Doe uh, drops in those notes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it's kind of like a surf rock song mixed with Chuck Berry, which isn't a, a stretch for yeah. what X does. For sure. I was surprised you didn't like Free, though. That, to me, is like the first... Well, it's the second track. It's yeah. like traditional X. That's it, yeah. when I was like, oh, okay, they still... Yeah, so... In a, in a, in a, oh my god, I'm, so, I'm I'm falling back on the most cliche phrases like in a nutshell. At the end of the day, you know, like yeah. What I want to say is that as a cohesive whole album, I was very disappointed that they did not pick up where Jesus left off. Which of course they weren't. Oh, of course they of weren't. Course they weren't. Yeah. But it's like I really it was such a it was such an interesting and unexpected direction that was working maybe not financially or professionally, <laughs> but I thought it was cool. Uh, so I did. I was craving that, but it is still like nice and fun, and it still actually works. And a lot. Of, uh, I don't understand why they re-recorded Serrano de Berger's back, but I. I mean, I've already loved. I always loved the songs, so I'm not mad at that. John Doe said uh, the three songs they re-recorded was he he got like uh I'm he didn't say this I'm he got like George Lucas disease and he didn't like the way they sounded. So yeah. he's like, let's make, let's make better versions and call them special editions. Uh, okay, man, like <laughs> that George Lucas thing of, of stuff. It's, it's historically, weird. historically a bad idea. Like I can't, but it kind of works on this. Al- like, I, I like it. Like- it fits in with the album. Great. It's still an awesome song. I just, and here's the reason why I'm, I'm also less offended by it. It's been so fucking long since I've heard, uh, what the hell is the album called that it's on originally? Uh, I, I think that's another reason they did it is cause it was like, it's on like a slept on album. Yeah. It was, um, ugh, oops, that's a, that's the wrong one. Uh, I think I it's remember, see how we are. Remember- yeah. It's see how we are. Yeah, I remember both of us gushing about that song, yeah. and it's still it's still fun, and especially um, to like compare, like oh man, what Fear did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, ooh, that that's like an abomination, or it's, it's abomination. like okay, well, that you was didn't literally- need to re-record. Keep going, sorry. Yeah, you don't need to re-record these songs, but it's it's fun the way they did it. It sound like these sound good, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and so, okay. So one thing that I was disappointed by was that, yeah, they're not this weird nineties noise art band anymore. They're back to being fun punk X. The second thing was I, in my heart, my dearest, my love, Billy zoom, who, whom I love so, so deeply. Yes. I'm like, it's so, I'm so glad he's back. He's so glad he's back, but he was not going crazy. It's like, it's pretty t- like everybody's they're older. Yeah. Everybody's slowed down and everybody's, they sound fine, but no one's blowing my mind except for Star Chambered. 
Oh, that's an interesting pick. I really like that song. I'm going to go back to it. I thought it was okay, but... uh, that There's a whole solo section with this fucking Egyptian-ass sounding guitar harmonies. And it's like, it comes out of nowhere. There's nothing like that on the, on the rest of the album. And it was like, oh yeah, I forgot. They still do random shit like that every now and, every now and again. Uh, Billy Zoom is yeah, still Billy well, Zoom, even though he's older. It was, it was, where was uh, I? Huh? Where was I? Where I don't I know, Alex. You tell me. Huh? <laughs> uh, but, you know... Uh, he plays. Uh, he plays saxophone a few times. Yeah, he plays it on uh, Cyrano de Berger's back. I think there was saxophone on the original as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's like a multi instrumentalist. Yeah, he's he's the best. Blizzard's the fucking best. Yeah, and then um, it's so funny because they did you know goodbye ear goodbye, which is yeah. appropriate. Uh, and then um, that's like the closer. And I'm like, how do you not close with that? But then all the time this- in the world. All the time in the world, like this beatnik poetry thing yeah, that has it's like a it's like a, a it's beatnik, like an epilogue. Yeah, it's like good. a it's a beatnik noir poem type yeah. thing. Uh, Which, I like it. I kind of like it. Yes, and if people know uh, John Doe and Exena, that you Exena. know they like noir. Exena, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know they like poetry, they like noir stuff, so it's perfect. But that has Zoom playing piano mm-hmm. and uh, Robbie Robbie Krieger of the Doors on guitar on that uh, track. So. That's right. I remember reading a little a little thing about that. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, we we talked about that in the episode that like he produced a few of their albums. I thought it was Raymond Zarek. Fr- oh, yeah. Wait, it was Raymond Zarek who, yeah, produced, never mind. who produced who produced X's first four albums. They love the doors. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. They cover, love the doors. Their cover of a uh, uh, Soul Kitchen on the first album yes. is one of my favorite covers of all time. It's so good. Probably. So good. I, I apologize if I said it, but I think the X version's probably better than the Doors I version. I agree. I actually agree. Yeah. Despite, uh, yeah, all the. I mean, forget this shit, man. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. It's got great. Percussion. It's got great percussion in it. Uh. What else did I have written down? Fucking a. Um, I don't know. It's I it's guess, and no. Actually, one last thing that I really, really appreciated, and I was not expecting. And reunion albums, in my experience, never do this. Short as fuck. Super short. Yes. Twenty seven yes, minutes. That's an, tasteful. That's another reason it works for me. Yeah. That's another reason it works for me. It's like okay, that was nice. They yeah. just like they knew they know their lanes. They're gonna stay in them. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just like a nice hug if you're a fan of the band. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all uh, relieved that it's not their worst. We would not give it a worst if this was on a main episode. No, our least favorite. Good stuff. Um, yes. Yes. It would uh, steer clear of any of those accolades. Also, Exine's still alive. And she's, I mean, she sounds her age on all the time in the world. Cause she's just talking. You can oh, yeah. hear her like yeah. her oldness in her voice. <laughs> like, oh fuck, man, time happens. Uh scary. I get. I guess the uh, other like little tit. The other re-recorded song is "I Got a Fever," and that was released as "Heater" on their anthology. Mm-hmm. And they rewrote the lyrics for that one. So that oh. one. I mean, they all have something. They're different, yeah. but still the same. Oh, uh, but also if it was not, if it wasn't on like a studio album, then I a main album. Yeah, I, I at least haven't heard it. Uh, so it's not like it doesn't feel so much like a 
I mean, nothing will be as offensive as Fear re-recording the record, I, or, or yeah, honestly, I Suicidal that, Tendencies recording re-recording their first album because that was a fucking travesty as well. Yeah, those are probably the two two biggest main offenders. Yeah, but I remember for for like a little while in the early two thousands, like a lot of bands would like, I think like Motorhead did it or like sex pistols it'd be like anarchy in the uk 2005 edition or some there's this really weird trend of like re-recording songs and calling it like the 2000 whatever edition it was rampant i remember this is gonna be a a a wild pull of a story but there was this uh this crossover thrash band called vermont and i was a big fan uh, on my my teens and uh man, if anybody's heard of Verma, you fucking you know message me. But uh, <laughs> so th- I was a fan of theirs. Like in high school, they only had two two albums, and uh, they were really cool, really fun, really they're super party guys, you know. And uh, when I was seventeen, they reunited for like one show in San Francisco, and the girl I was with at the time, who is a whore by the way, but the girl I was dating at the time. Uh, she was also a huge fan, and it's not a uh, it's not a real episode if Mike doesn't bring up an ex. <laughs> Am I that guy now? God damn it! <laughs> uh, so she made friends with the drummer on MySpace back in the MySpace days, uh, and damn dude, you were like ten. I was not. I was seventeen. <laughs> Come on, I'm not that young. I feel like you were seventeen like five days ago. I really wish it was. More like 11 years ago, but I really wish. Uh, I don't wish I was 17. I was a fucking jackass. But she made friends with the drummer. And uh, we decided to fucking drive up to San Francisco. And by us driving up, we mean have her mom drive us because we were 17 to San Francisco for one night for this reunion show, right? And man, I to- this is a ridiculously barely related story. It's barely related, but I'm still going to go through with that. I have a, that. There's a point. You got to fill up the hours. God damn right I do. So we drive to San Francisco. Her mom fucking hated me, by the way. And I was in the, it was like a packed car with like these, let's just call them big people. And <laughs> we, we get there, we meet the drummer. He introduces us to the whole band and we're hanging out, we're hanging out with the whole band the, the whole time. And which is, it's doubly weird because not only are we hanging out with the, this band, but he's like offering us Coke and, and, and fucking weed and all that. He's just, He's being a dude, but we're fucking 17 and he's like 42. It's just really weird. And damn dude, putting that band on blast. Or I not. am. I forgot. Yeah. I, they're, I hope they're not still around. I, I still like them. Whatever. Uh, so we're, it was weird though. It, it, unquestionably weird. Uh, he was definitely trying to fuck my girlfriend, but we're hanging out with them the whole night and it was a very fun night. And I meet all the members in there. Most of them. And it's like looking back on it. Uh, the, the members of the band who were more distant and more kind of like, they were friendly, but they're like, eh, all right, were clearly the most, the more stable. And like, you know, you guys are kids. I'm not going to fucking hang out with you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like those are like the, the really like, you know, the cool ones, uh, yeah. in retrospect, but it, basically my entire point is this band reunited for one show, right? They, they did not have like a huge following. We drove up because we're fans, but like, they reunited for one show, and even them, they just thought about, like, should we, uh, you guys think we should like re record some of our old songs, re release them? Like, for who? Like, what the yeah. Fuck? Like, I like, yeah. you guys are great, but 
funny. <laughs> You're not or the te- the ten people in attendance. Yeah, yeah, they weren't even headlining. They were literally like it's ah. Uh, so it, it absolutely was a trend of of punk bands and thrash bands and whatnot re-recording stuff. Uh, and it's like, I mean, maybe just uh, try something new. Maybe like I don't think I think you have, have as good a shot of making a dent with a new song than re-recording older ones when you, you you weren't exactly like the biggest band to begin with. I wonder if it was like a sales. I don't know. I, I mean, it, had, it was obviously for money, got, but yeah, there's got to be some sort of like marketing money reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. I sure hope none of them see this. <laughs> That'd be fucking really embarrassing. I wonder if I still, no, I think I lost, I still have photos like of that, that whole trip uh, for a while, but uh, I think they're gone. I think they're gone. Just as well. I, I looked awful. I looked awful. And also everybody in those photos like definitely hates me now at this point, or vice versa for that matter. Uh but that was my that's the only thing I got to to riff off of are, that. Very unprofessional of me right now, but are we are we going for an hour here? Yeah, fuck like, it. I mean I dude, if I can pull an hour out of my ass by myself, we can pull one together. Uh yeah, I guess. All right, fuck it. Like loose ends is a fucking it's a always quick hot. album yeah. review and then random stories. That's what us. it is. Yeah, um, absolutely, what it is. That's what happened with the first one, the body count one. Yeah. So, um, I guess well, I'll just share a story of when I met a band and it was weird. Uh, <laughs> I have I have more of these stories, so I'm glad you're going to continue with this. <laughs> I I got two. I I only got two. So um. So uh, I have a friend, Kirsty, and she would have people from like Finland come and visit her. And one of her friends was like, oh, I need a ride to gig. Do you want to go? And I was like, sure. And she used the word gig. And to, in my head, that is a bar, a small club mm-hmm. or a backyard. Right. So we go. It's fucking chain reaction. Yeah. Which I get, uh, yeah, I guess that's a gig. Yeah, it's it's a well, club in Anaheim. For those who don't know, I've performed there. It was rough. It seems it seems rough. Yeah. But um, her friend was the singer in a band called Comeback Kid. Uh huh. Who I don't like. I don't. I don't like that fucking band. Okay. But he was like really cool with me, and I didn't. I I didn't pay to go in, and it was weird. I went in. I was I watched like one maybe two songs and I'm just like I fucking I can't and I went and used my cell phone until the show was over. Ooh, ooh. and uh, it's a it's a real small venue. And then so uh, the show ends. I go back in the green room. He's like, "Hey man, I noticed you ducked out like on the second song." And I was oh. just like, "Why?" Why are you paying attention to me? Like you oh. have all these like adoring, adoring fans. That's so sad. Oh, you're and a bad just, guy, Alex. Oh, you're a horrible person. I just straight up told him like, yeah, I don't like, you know, your music's not for me, man. Like no offense. And I feel like he respected me because of it. And I ran into him one more time and he was like, I, he was drunk and he's like, oh, fucking Alex. And he like, I feel like he respected me for like, you gotta be, you gotta be authentic. You gotta be yourself, man. You can't fucking 
like what are you gonna do? Make up a I, lie? They and it's just then you just feel shittier because you're a liar now, and like just to not hurt to hurt someone's feelings. I mean, sometimes you just hey man, not for me. I think also he was like, oh, this guy's not going to like try to like latch on to me for superficial reasons yeah. or like yeah. try to hang out with me. I can just like be a normal person. Yeah. Around. So Oh man, that's that's brutal. And that that actually just is a um like a really clear clear cut window into <laughs> artists and musicians, how fucking fragile and frail we are. Like you we get all the fucking positive feedback and or whatever, and then you, you get one person like, I thought it was kind of kind of boring. Like <laughs> why? I work so hard on my stuff. <laughs> like it, it's always like the uh, one that fucking sticks in your craw. It's it's really stupid. It really it you kind of have to like step outside of your body and look at it like a lawyer. Like, okay, how many said this and how many said this? Okay, well, the you have one negative and twelve positive. Then there it is. There it is. It's facts. Just look at it like a fact. But you know, feelings take are taken into account that way. You know. Also, you know that dude's in a band touring a world. Like he shouldn't listen to me. <laughs> he shouldn't. He shouldn't. And lo- logically, no one should. But that's just not the way. We, I mean. He, it takes a People lot deal with feedback. Yeah. It takes a lot to step out of yourself and do that. Like that's why nowadays uh I'm I'm I've always been pretty pretty honest and you know that's not always been the nicest thing, but now I'm like brutally honest. Uh unless I have to see that person again and it's like an awkward if I have to be brutally honest and I'm expected to be honest, I'm going to be brutally honest. And uh I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm almost regressing because I'm losing sympathy. Like I'll be brutally honest, knowing that it's going to hurt their feelings. But like, you have to be able to take it. Like that's you're playing that game. That's the game. We're we're on fucking YouTube, dude. It's like the, we're, we're we're ripping off our shirts, saying "Shoot me, please." That's like literally that's what we're doing. Not literally. I mean, but you, that's the whole point. You went, you went full Larry David in your twenties. Oh, dude, it's really bad. I've been. That's the guy. I get, that's the fictional character I get compared to the most. Uh, it's kind of worrying, but it, yeah, like if that's why I feel, I don't feel so bad <laughs> literally critiquing shit on a weekly basis, because if anybody has a problem with it, all of my shit is on full display. You can go listen to all of my music and talk shit if you want, but I fucking bet you won't. Cause it's actually pretty good. But the thing is it's there. <laughs> it's fucking there for you to do it. Like, that's why like I'm playing the game with you guys. Like, uh, you kind of have to stop being a bitch about it. That's like, that's honestly the only way like you to be able to take the punches. It's funny you bring that up. Cause, uh, I was talking to my friend Vinny before this and we were talking about how that relates in, in the world of pro wrestling. And I'm just like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, like when you make something that's meant to be consumed, movies, music, uh, wrestling, it's like you uh, like that's the game you play like there's gonna be criticisms and like you want people to like it so it's like this weird like oh well you don't know you don't work in the business so what the fuck do you know but also like please like me yeah it's 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 actually really funny when you when you think about uh any kind of any any media any media uh musician mm-hmm. artist uh move you know actor any person that has the persona of I don't give a fuck is in the business of please like me. Their business yes. is please for the love of Christ like me. 
But they have even to, our business. Even please. our <laughs> shit. We, we tell you the, at the beginning of the episode to like us. Please like us. Uh, but also, like, why would you? Why would you like us? <laughs> Who the fuck would you like us? <laughs> <laughs> What's likable? I don't, I don't know. But uh, some people do, and that's why fucking patrons are hearing this first because they like us enough to fucking patronize us. But. I don't know, man. The, the internet's a giant place and the world is fucking huge and no one agrees on anything. And that's like, I don't care. You don't, you don't, it would be really, really boring. Like if, if everybody agreed, even if you take into account like the, the crazy, you know, violence aspect of what comes from disagreement, uh, it's still, if there was zero disagreement, life would be a lot more boring. I, I would, I'll take the bad if that, if that's what it means. Damn, I wasn't ready for that poll. I don't know how to how to fucking segue. <laughs> After the episode, good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs> also, uh, if you're watching the video version, I'm not drinking Fago tonight. It's uh, this a normal wild cherry Pepsi. Oh, uh, dude, no more Fago. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> I'm done with that. Although I saw they have. Uh, a peach, a peach one, and I'm like, no, peach fago, dude. Peach of any beverage, I've always been a uh, vehement. Uh, what's was a protester of? Uh, I will really pick it. Peach flavored things. I hate peach things. <laughs> Give me dude, change my mind. What's what's a good peach thing? Dude, we're like polar opposites. If I see like a peach iced tea, I'm about that. You're shit. peachman. Fucking, I'm a peachman, dude. I'm Fucking. an I'm an impeachman. Oh, dude, <laughs> Snapples um, over, you know, in in L.A., we got, you know, these Asian tea places or boba. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense because sometimes you don't get boba. I'm going I'm going straight for that. That peach green tea dog. Interesting. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm not even a I'm not a big beverage guy. Uh, I drink water, coffee and then sparkling water when I want to get spicy. Uh, mm-hmm. booze maybe if I you know on the rare occasion I'll have some booze but uh, I, I don't like sweet I, lo- I love sweet Listen, hey, I'm getting all of it but I'm getting ahead of myself I love <laughs> desserts I fucking love me some pastries I love me some fucking cookies I don't like sweet drinks sweet drinks Interesting. The, the taste lingers it feels like I'm just drinking sugar uh, like there's no satisfaction at the end of it for me so I usually avoid all all sugary drinks uh, for like LaCroix and fucking, you know, flavored sparkling water. I always prefer that specifically because there's no aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, it's one of the reasons people don't like those drinks because it has like a little bit of bitterness. That's specifically the reason I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I try to only do the caffeine if I have a headache, which I'm not even <laughs> supposed to do. But like at this point, um, I've, I realized, uh, even, and I think all people do this. Even when I'm in pain, I have a ritual. And even if it doesn't technically make me better, it feels good. Oh, and there's yeah. This, there's just something about a cold, caffeinated, sugary beverage when I have a headache. Really? It doesn't give me relief, but it's just like for a few seconds, it just fucking... Fuck. That is, that is the the straws that we have to grasp at when we get fucking migraines like fucking anything just please oh dude yeah if uh if people live in chronic pain you, you will fucking you will take five seconds of uh yeah of bliss 
That's a bummer. <laughs> now, now I'm trying to think of other like uh, peak. Sh- oh, dude, uh, you see like uh, gold, golden, golden peak, golden peak. Uh, I don't think so. I'm gonna go. Those that. are like, those are like in the store, and I'm not the only one because uh, whenever I go for those recently in the grocery stores, fucking more often than not sold out. I gotta like. I got to get to the store early to get to the peach. Ones. Oh, gold peak. So I'm not the only one. Uh, gold peak. I, I, I think I've seen this before. Never tried it. Honestly, like usually go ahead. Keep going. Oh, usually you'll see them like at restaurants, like they'll have the soda machine and then they'll have like the gold peak thing with like maybe like a sweet tea mm-hmm. and unsweetened tea. And then if it's a good one, They'll have like a green or raspberry or peach thrown in there. Dude, I'm one of the psychos that drinks unsweetened tea from uh, like a KFC. I've I've learned to I've learned to uh, to like a uh, an unsweetened tea. It's so. really it's really bad. It's like a legit bad drink. Is it? It's like not what what's good about it? It's just fucking leaves, but cold. I don't know. Also, I don't drink coffee, so like that's an also bad drink that I drink. Uh, what? What? Yeah, yeah. So, like, unsweetened teas, like as far as I'll go for for unsavory beverage. I guess I'll use the term unsavory. Unsavory. Really? Yeah, I'm never like sitting there like, ooh, I could go for go for an unsweetened <laughs> tea right now. I you know, honestly, the reason I usually go for the unsweetened tea is because I'm out of junk food place, and it's either that or tap water because I'm not drinking the soda. I- and they act like assholes when you're like, can you just put water? Like, I don't care. I'll pay for the medium cup. Just yeah. fucking put water in it. Most, and they're like, are you sure? Yeah, like, they, they get fucking like their 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 uh, circuits start like crossing and they start like malfunctioning because uh, like no one does that. And they don't know if that's like if they're going to you're going to come back later and complain because you paid for a thing. And then they gave you a thing that was technically oh, free. Yeah. like re- like really, though, the few people that ask for that, they're just like, listen, man. Not everyone wants to drink this shit. Like I know I'm eating junk food. I'm a hypocrite. I get it. Just just indulge my hypocrisy, please. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it's like yeah, it's it's bad enough. I mean, the, let me cut the one one bad thing. <laughs> yeah, Ex- honestly, baby steps. For, baby for steps. So, you can say baby steps, but I've been doing that for fucking six years. Like there's, <laughs> I'm a complete and utter hypocrite. Dude. There's nothing about. <laughs> true. True. Uh, I, I, man, just thinking about all the people that came for X and then those, let's just talk about tea. It's like, that's my favorite thing about this whole episode. They went on a weird rant about iced teas for, for 20 minutes and not, not the body count kind. Uh, at least with the body count episode, we were talking about music we were listening to, but I don't, I feel like we probably were, we're probably not listening to that much new music. I don't know about you. Oh no, we've, we've, uh, we've been as the term, the term you use, uh, in, little inside baseball we've been trying to build up our back catalog yeah and we have been been working day and not, no not day and night but we've been working on uh yeah pumping these out for you guys yeah and give us some sanity to yeah not be like Sh- shit we gotta we, we gotta, gotta get it out get next it yeah like the closest we came was like i don't know which episode it was but it was uh we recorded the day before it was supposed to be released, yeah. so I had to edit it that night, and you know, just put everything together. Which isn't—it's not like the editing isn't isn't that bad. I have timestamps 
uh, in the actual file itself. So it's like, <clears throat> it didn't take that long to edit. It's the exporting for the video that's like a real bitch and scheduling it with all that and then editing the the thumbnails and stuff. And like, it's like a whole process. It takes like a minute. It's not hard. It just, it's just tedious. And that stuff takes a long time. So like cramming it the night before was always a real bitch. Um, and having like, just like the, having the freedom to, to be like, I need this week off because I want to fucking, you know, drive to, I don't know, Utah. I don't fucking know. I'm not going to drive to Utah. But the point is, I like to know that I can. And it, it, yes. it's, having a backlog is important for that. Um, so actually one thing I have been listening to, <clears throat> and it's like in a, this the time frames of all these are all jacked up. But we were recently talking about a Mister Devin Townsend, and oh yeah, I finally got around to listening to his last album, Empath, which came out twenty nineteen. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I'm gonna check it out. Did, it, yeah. Did you get a, a chance to listen to the country one? I think I did not. Not yet. Not yet. Which is like okay. stupid that I, I I ended up listening to the the, the more recent one first. But <clears throat> uh, it's a uh, I don't like his his style of production the production is really really good it's just a style that i don't like it's very dragon force uh mm. uh what is it like futuristic metal uh heavy on the synths heavy like heavy on the synths like all the layering is mostly choir uh you know vocal stuff choir stuff guitars and synths like the synths are such a huge part of everything and i've learned about myself I am not that huge of a fan of just elect- electronic sounds. Like they're fine. I'm not. I don't hate them. But if I had to pick between that or orchestral sounds, going orchestral all the way, acoustic stuff all the way. Interesting. <clears throat> I kind of. I feel like when I started getting into neurosis, my, I I like finally saw the light on what electronics can do because it's not. It's not a band where you go, oh yeah, neurosis is the electronics. Yeah. Like they use it in such a way where you don't think about. It. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's a layer. I'm like, yeah, that's. And then, you know, eventually, I I was like late to the game on Nine Inch Nails, but mm-hmm. I just think like the way Nine Inch Nails uses it is is fucking rad. And then a little little more obscure. I haven't listened to him in a while, but um. There's a artist named Author and Punisher who, if people like heavy electronic music, check that guy out. It's fucking the stuff he does is great. Uh, so it's not so. I for one, obviously like Neurosis and Nine Inch Nails, but uh, I still like electronic stuff. Like like I mean, for fuck's sake, man, listen to Kraftwerk and YMO, man. Like yeah, this is, like That's that is true. ridiculous. Uh, old, uh, undeveloped. Or underdeveloped, <laughs> you know, electronic sounds as it gets. But, uh, and also I, I like Aphex Twin. I don't love Aphex Twin, by the way. I like Aphex Twin. It is like a, there's a lot there. There's a lot would be a that would be a big episode. There's a lot. That'd be a big there's episode. A uh, but like, if I had, I guess if I get more excited when I hear strings, or if I hear, you know, sure. like this live percussion. That's why I was uh, such a huge fan of the Swans reunion because. They brought in that percussionist who had just a fucking an army of shit that he was hitting and giant fucking bells and all the, all this stuff that really it, it was like 
the same way people used synths as a texture to fucking you know fill up the fill up the sound, fill up the room, by just using these crazy echoey reverberations. I, I just I, I don't know. It's just uh, and it's not. I don't know. I, I'll have my mind changed from a case on a case to case basis. Like I'll hear there's sure. some synths that I think like holy fuck, I was not expecting that sound. That's a cool. That's a cool thing there. Uh, but in the traditional sense, where it has like you know the 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 synth strings where it's like the the really long high pitch like like the way faith no more uses keyboards and stuff uh it's all fine but it's just like i don't i would not prefer that if i had to pick i guess also it's not like not like that soundscape that you're talking about but i think another well we're just on the topic of it that like opened up my eyes to like electronic music and i'm not necessarily talking about the soundscapes but just like the genre of using electronic music was um dj shadows album introducing it's just like the samples are so on point and it's such a like master class in like blending samples with mm-hmm. i'm assuming he's playing you know a few things here and there mm-hmm. but um that and like it's weird because he's i would say he's a hip-hop guy but like that it rode the fence of so many genres that album that like i started listening to trip-hop on top of that and like getting mm-hmm. into like the portis head and yeah and massive also, I'm a 90 year old person because I called them the Portis Head. The, por- um, the Portis Head, yep, yep. Portis Head, a massive attack. And, um, but those bands also, like, they're bands. Like, when yeah. you see them live, uh, I saw Massive Attack two, two, I'm going to say two, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Fucking, oh, mm. amazing. Especially because you listen to a band like that, and you're like, it's so sample driven. Yeah. And and to see a band perform it and have it sound amazing is just it's, uh, it's that a, feels good. It's a whole n- different level, man. When I first, when I only the only time I ever saw Slint live, man, we got to do Slint at some point pretty soon uh, because that's just just a band we got to do. Uh, Dude, I I threw in a pleasure episode because my birthday's coming up. You should you should throw in. I I will throw it in when I feel. I'll know when it's the right time. I'll, I'll know okay. when it's the right time when you need it. Yeah. Uh, when I saw them live, uh, that was might be it might actually be the first time where I saw a band where it felt so accurate to the album, uh, Spiderland the album, uh, and it wasn't like it sounded exactly like it you know like someone was just playing the record on on a PA system, but it, it's it was like recreated in a way uh, that was super accurate, like every note was in place. Every every tone was in place, but it it was so fucking big. It was so loud that the way the uh, what's his name uh uh Britt Walford, I think it's his name, the drummer. I think I'm gonna double check. You call yourself. You call yourself. Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) I'm a fan. Shut your mouth. Uh, yeah, it's Britt Walford. Uh, he's like the mastermind behind Slane, which is weird because you never expect the drummer to be the main songwriter and mastermind, but. His drums, uh, I never heard a drum set mic like that live. Uh, he was, he had the the front 
He had the bass drum, uh, the the front head completely off. There was no padding in it. It was it was barren. So when he hit that bass drum, it was this giant fucking sound that echoed throughout the whole the whole room. The floor shaked whenever he hit a bass drum, and it's already like a big sounding band. So, uh, it it was just like fuck, man. This is. Like the, the album is playing inside my brain. Like someone, like someone put the speakers inside my skull and played it at full blast. That's what it felt like. And there were even some things that I wasn't expecting them to do live <clears throat> that they did. I should probably say this on the episode, but whatever. Who gives a shit? We'll we'll talk about it again. Uh, where there's a there's like a section in one song where uh, a very low distorted guitar uh, it it uh, it fades in and then fades out. Right, like there's a there's a whole there's a song playing it, and this distorted guitar fades in for a while and then fades out. They recreated that live. They did. They had a third guitar player on stage to recreate that fading in guitar that fades out. I was like, fuck, that's like that. The amount of care that went into that performance, I was like, I was floored, dude. Nice, nice. Um, I have a Slint story, but I'm gonna save it for the episode because. Oh, look at you leaving us on our toes. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like repeating myself. And even though I do it, I do it a lot. We both, we both do. Yeah. I mean, you got us. <laughs> we put in fucking 140 hours. Of this I was going to say, there's probably like a week's worth of just us talking. At least. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot. Yeah. No, there's far too, far too much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I was now I was like trying to think of like things where I was like, you can't do that live. And I saw it and I was impressed, but uh, I got I got none. Um, mm-hmm. MF Doom passed away recently. Sure and I saw him live once and I just want to say it sounded like shit. And to anyone like, oh, I, I never got to see him live. You, you didn't miss anything. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, it sounded fucking awful. Is that the El Rey? Alex is spitting on his grave. Um, actually, the El Rey is where talk- the is where I saw fucking uh Slint. So it was, it was a full circle. There it goes. Um, I think. I so think yeah, we talk about album bands all the time. He's an album MC. He's not not live. live yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good question. What are some really bad performances that we've seen? Oh, I've I've seen bad bands i don't know if they were shitty performances though um oh danzig (laughs) just danzig came to mind immediately Uh, you've seen danzig i've seen him twice (laughs) holy shit like i think i've had like a few opportunities but i'm like he's probably gonna get angry they don't have like kansas soup or whatever i don't want to like spend my money he doesn't talk about that on stage as far as we know but like <laughs> the first time i saw him i was 13 and i was like i was i talked about it on the sam hayne episode so when whatever uh how much of a big danzig fan i was and that was like the perfect time or perfect age to see him so i was like yes yes and i also saw like a it was like a festival it wasn't a festival but like had like a it was one of those giant tour it was called blackest of the black tour i believe and Behemoth was on there, Chimera, a bunch of fucking bands that I don't listen to. Dude, I haven't <laughs> thought about Chimera in probably 13 years, maybe longer. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a bet. I think I used to have their album. Holy really? shit. Yeah, I fucking saw them. God knows what they sounded like. I do not remember. But I do remember Behemoth Holy because they. 
I don't like Behemoth as a band. I mean, I never really. They're just not my style. Uh, but I got into them late at life. I kind of, I kind of enjoy what I'm hearing so far. I've honestly, even thinking back to that show, you know, how fucking fifteen years ago, uh, I still remember that show. I was like, you know, that's that was like kind of was a cool riff. I don't like death metal or black <laughs> death or whatever that they are really, but like, like that 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 was way too extreme for me. But even then, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's kind of cool. I like, I kind of like that. And I was like embarrassed to admit it, but uh, yeah. So. At that age, I couldn't I couldn't possibly judge a Danzig concert fairly because I was like I was mm-hmm. thirteen, but I saw him again for free. I got a free ticket when I was like nineteen or maybe yeah like eighteen. I think maybe eighteen. And at that point, fully fully credible opinion here, fully unbiased. I'm like, oh <laughs> boy, uh, I I yeah I was I was already like at the age where I was like I'm gonna stand at the back of the room. I don't want to go near anybody, and I'm still that way now. But I was like, yeah, he's, he's barely, he's not, first of all, he's not singing to the mic. He just, I don't know if he, he still does this, but Danzig no longer sings into the microphone. He just holds it like this and just sort of <laughs> does this a lot. <laughs> and, and when he does sing into the mic, it's hoarse. It's, and it's, it's really bad. It's really bad. Uh, and even his like more recent albums, like he's, his voice is, it is left town, dude. It is gone. It's so wild when like the misfits got together and everyone was like losing their shit. Yeah. I'm just like, you guys know it's going to sound fucking awful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they, they play just fine, but, but Danzig, he's, yeah, he's been touring consistently for 700 years he's done he's fucking done and i like the guy maybe not as a guy but as a musician i fucking love him uh but even then man, like touring just just deteriorate deteriorates you and you gotta there are like really few exceptions like uh i mean i not to go back to to devin townsend but he's fucking he's been touring since he was a kid and that motherfucker sounds incredible like unbelievable I think also after Strapping Young Lad, I think he got a little, little more savvy with his touring schedule. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like a dude who takes care of himself now. He really so. does. I I admire him for many reasons, but like it's gonna sound so fucking vain of me. Uh, but I do like he reminds me of myself in a lot of ways because first of all, he's like a really nice guy who's super introverted. Who can he can turn it on when he needs to when there's a camera or there's a fucking you know a crowd of people in front of him, but he's more or less a very modest and quiet, reserved guy. And I was like, I already love him just the, for the fact that he's a real person, like a real a real dude. But uh, his technique, like he he's really smart, not just with you know what he does musically, but. His actual technique, you you watch fucking, you know, vocal coaches look at his video and they're like, oh, he's he's doing everything right. It sounds like he's doing crazy shit, but he's he's just really good. He's just really good. And it mm-hmm. sounds like he's doing and this is a, uh, <clears throat> a discovery that I, I had so recently with singing that I, I I'm so fucking angry that I didn't know this or I wasn't taught this or I didn't figure this out sooner. That all these things that I thought were stylistic choices for like 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 the take, let's take the greats okay like I, in my opinion the greats fucking Chris Cornell Jeff Buckley fucking Mike Patton 
uh, like the, the greats, all right, the people that are uh, clearly uh, proficient, to say the least. What I always took as stylistic choices vocally are actually them doing proper technique uh, that sound like a stylistic choice because they have a cool voice. Mm-hmm. So what I always thought, like th- these, these weird, like, I, like, like, for example, Jeff Buckley, when he goes fucking crazy high and he does his super high head voice and he has this really wild vibrato up there, that's him having proper form, singing like an opera singer, but that's just the way his voice sounds. Like they're all using, like Devin Townsend, when he goes super high up and it sounds like he's this fucking glorious golden god, is he's singing the way an opera singer sings with proper technique, proper support, uh, uh, super strong diaphragmatic support, diaphragmatic support, Jesus Christ, talking too fast, uh, and great breath control. It's just, that's the way his voice sounds. So it's not so much like, I spent a lot of years singing, trying to avoid copying other singers, thinking that the way they're doing this is their style when really they're just singing properly. So I ended up hurting my voice a lot and then not learning and not getting, you know, not getting any benefits really. So long way of saying, I like them. Also, um, slightly related. I remember even after playing like drums, for like a year or two or taking lessons and uh like i would see people who suck at their instruments and i'd be like oh have you ever thought about like taking lessons or maybe like researching how to how to whatever whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. singing bass yeah guitar and they'd be like, oh, well, that's just going to ruin my style. I'm like, that's just code for you suck. Code for you suck. You need, well, you don't, so here's the thing. Like I'm self-taught for most things. Uh, guitar is self-taught, but that's the, that's different because I started when I was four. So that's not like, it's not really, uh, it's not exact. Also, also your mom has like a background in music too, right? Both, both, all my, my whole family has background in music. Everybody in there my family plays. But like, so it, it is a little bit genetic, but like, uh, I was since because I was raised with it uh, so young. I did all the wrong things, did all the okay things, and then eventually did all the right things when I was smart smart enough to start practicing correctly and doing the right thing. Like I just been playing for so long that I had to get good. It's like that's that's one of those things where like if I wasn't my skill level now, having played that long, it'd be fuck. It would be a joke. I would never touch music again. Like there'd be no (laughs) excuse to not be great because I've I've had Mm -hmm. more years playing then like I, I learned how to play before i could read so that's, that's like i should know that but with things like piano and violin and, and voice and stuff uh did not grow up playing that doing those things so i i need lessons for those things i i took like two years i think yeah two years of piano uh did the whole you know recitals and all that stuff uh and then i took like you know a few months of violin and the rest by ear because I'm not as good at violin. I don't like it as much. I don't enjoy playing it as much. But for piano, like I legit had a teacher who was fucking walk me through stuff and work on my form and the way I was sitting and shit like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's necessary. If you're starting, you know, when you when you're a teenager, like there's no shame. In fact, you you kind of need it to be great. Yeah the the basics and fundamentals and understanding the ins and outs um of how your instrument works and the foundations 
that has nothing that has nothing to do with style if if anything it's just gonna make you better uh there's um i think honestly if i had to say the most important thing about having a coach or a teacher is they're the people that tell you when you're doing something wrong and that's true without that you're fucked i've done so many things wrong for so many i mean just in life but like musically form wise especially vocally form wise like there's so many things that i didn't know i was doing wrong because it's with a thing like a voice it's so dynamic and there's so many different parts of it that you use for different things that you don't really know you're doing something wrong until it starts hurting or until you you, like you know you sing one song and all of a sudden your voice is gone like holy shit that shouldn't have happened there's a lot of things that you really need someone to say like hey fucking stop that knock 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 the fuck off because then you get into a habit of it and then all of a sudden you suck (laughs) after like a year of doing this wrong thing Mm -hmm. yeah that's also a valid point like I remember reading about the Donna's drummer. She was self-taught and she she was playing wrong and she ended up like so wrong in fact that she had to have like surgery on her like wrists and arms. I I forget the details of it, but um she had to have surgery cuz she was playing wrong. And then guess what? She had to get a teacher anyways. Uh, and that's an extreme case, yeah. you know. That's not going to Right. You know, I'm not saying if you don't have lessons, you're gonna, you know, fuck up your arms mm-hmm. and wrists. But that's a extreme example of like, you know, there are there are consequences for doing this poorly. It's not just. I mean, it's an extreme example, but there's tons of cases of people of singers developing nodules on their in their, in their voice and their larynx throat. I don't know what part of the fucking neck it is, but oh. in there. Uh, it's like these little fucking lumps, I think, that you gotta get them surgically fucked with. Uh, Adele had it, like John Mayer had it. Like, like famous people get these things because they fucking push it and they don't take care of themselves. And you, go ahead. You know who probably has those and probably didn't get them removed? It's fucking Brent for Mastodon. Oh. That dude's... That, the back of that dude's throat probably looks like fucking a dumpster not to mention all the fucking drugs <laughs> like that guy does not Dude. play that guy doesn't play Dude. the fact that he doesn't sing anymore is really heartbreaking to me and that's why that's why i bring it up not because yeah not because i'm trying to talk shit but because i genuinely like miss miss his voice i actually like brent's voice it's a it's unique. It's really nasally. It's really, uh, it's got this twang to it. He's got, he sounds like a Southern, he sounds like a country singer, but playing fucking prog metal. It's great. Yeah. Like, um, like in the early, I miss his screams, Yeah, but he has like his screams. And then like, yeah, he has like this Ozzy Osbourne like voice too. And I thought, like, oh, well, he could still do that, but, like, when you see him live, he's just like... Yeah, he's he's mumbling a lot. He's probably high. And also, those songs are... I'm like, I, here's, here's one thing that I, I don't... And it makes me, like, probably seem more like an asshole and less sympathetic, but, like, I don't give that much credence to, like, playing something difficult and being able to sing over it because I do that. Like, I can play crazy <laughs> shit and then sing over it. And, it, it, like... My self-esteem is so low that like if I can do it, you can fucking do it. Like I don't I don't care. Like be good with sure. it. Sure. Uh and sometimes I'm not sure, good with that's it. Why, yeah. So that that's, that's like why, I get it. Yeah. That's why he gets the big bucks. Yeah. Or relative big bucks. He gets the heavy metal big bucks. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. But just one little, one last uh, thing before we wrap up about the whole style thing. Like that really does in, in my years now bother me because like if you have to really focus so much on your style, you probably don't have it. And like your style should come from, it should emanate off you. Like Mm -hmm. what comes out of you should be your style. If if you're playing a thing and someone's immediately like, Oh yeah, that sounds like X, Y, Z. Uh, or maybe even literally X, Y, Z from rush. Like you you shouldn't be able to, to I mean, you're going to get that regardless, but you should be able to fucking tell that much. It should be, there should be some authenticity to it. It should be some you in there. And the same, especially with your voice and the way you play your thing. Uh, if, if you're trying to sound like someone else, or if you are so obsessed with someone else that everything you play sounds like them, then, uh, yeah, that, I don't know, man. I have problems with also, that. Also, also learning what like a fucking quarter note is and time signatures is not going to, if that hinders you creatively, there's, there's something wrong with your brain. There's a, it's a lot of superstition, I think, cause they do that. Like. You know, I don't want to learn how to read music because it'll taint. Like, how the fuck would you learning a skill taint your your creative <laughs> mind? But it's the same thing with people with, with alcohol and drugs. Like, oh, I'm going to lose my edge. Or if I'm not angry, I'm going to lose my edge. And therefore, I'm not going to have this inspiration. Yeah. And since I just said the word inspiration, of course, I have another tangent back, you know, cocked. Inspiration is the most... Because someone out on Instagram left, uh, like, asked me about... I posted some video of me playing some little diddly. And they said, where do you, where do you get your inspiration? And I immediately thought like, I, I didn't, I didn't respond because I knew my response would, where my, my response would be cons- like looked at as kind of mean or rude. Uh, and the response is fuck inspiration. Fuck inspiration means shit. Inspiration is the most fickle bullshit thing. Inspiration comes and goes when it fucking wants to. It's the most unreliable friend. This dude, don't ever ask inspiration to take you to the airport. Inspiration fucking blows. You have to rely on your discipline on your own scheduling, on your own uh, will to die or live. Like that, all you can rely on is you, you pushing through and doing it anyway. Inspiration fucking sucks. Like if it's there, it helps like fine, then I'll accept it. But to rely on inspiration for anything, it's like a, like relying on inspiration to fucking get in shape. Okay. So you're going to work out once every month. Like inspiration is fucking useless. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, I agree with, with that mostly um the director james gunn who did like guardians of the galaxy and then like smaller films like slither and super i always forget um, he did slither huh i always forget he did oh, slither that's great slither is a gem yeah. of a movie but i remember seeing an interview with him and he was asked like kind of a similar question and they were like, what would you say to like inspiring directors? And he's like, this is going to sound mean, but like, don't aspire to be a director, like do what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I just like happened to notice I was good at this and rolled with it. Yeah. Cause if you force it, like what, you're just going to be mediocre at it. And he's like, He's like, you should definitely like notice the work you're turning out. And like, if you just happen to be good at, you know, whatever, like writing, do that. And, uh, 
he he found a nice <laughs> yeah a nice avenue to address it but yeah. yeah it's kind of people don't like hearing that people don't like hearing oh uh you can't be whatever you want to be yeah they fucking you guys suck at podcasting you shouldn't be podcasters we have fun that's why we do it god damn it we have technically we a have musician fun. that's my thing <laughs> i don't i'm actually confident with my music and my playing i'm not confident with podcasting i just like it we have fun with it and uh it goes back to the discipline yeah yeah thing you were talking about we crank one out every week whether it's bad or great absolutely that is a beautiful note to end it on uh to to back at the beginning of the episode alphabet land by x i think you all if you like x all righty this is yes this is a great comeback album yeah not for newcomers newcomers los angeles 100 percent. but uh, yeah, that's. I guess that's it. Thank you all for patronizing us. We love you so fucking much. You're keeping us afloat. Honestly, you guys are really helping us through this dark time. Uh, I don't know when we should be back to in studio, quote unquote, uh, pretty soon. Uh, yeah, my, like I mentioned before, my whole house got COVID. I'm like the only. Well, me and one other person are the only clean ones. So we're like, you know, we're basically hiding out in our, our respective caves. But it's already been two weeks. By the time we we're back here, it'll be another week. I think everyone will be fine. Uh, not to mention, like, the, my entire house smelling like bleach because everything is just super clean. Uh, but yeah, I I really can't wait to get back in in here because just the delay is driving up the fucking wall. It's like a second, but it's a second too long. Okay, any any second away from Alex is too long. So goddamn. <laughs> thank you all for listening and watching uh, we'll see you on the main feed see ya